May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings fall down before him, all nations serve him. Welcome back to the Dominion Podcast, episode 50. We made it to 50. 50, that sounds like a, a significant Was milestone. Was it a bicentenary? No, that'd be 200. Yeah. It is actually number, I, I called Jeremy a week ago or something because episode, my phone just connected to the car when I was driving and it played episode two. And I made reference to the fact that we were sitting at the table together. And I remember that when we first started, it was like, hey man, I want to do a podcast. Can you help me with it? And he's like, sure. He just came over to my house. Got some mics, a couple Got coffees. Got some mics, yeah. Just sat in the basement. Table. And people, people didn't have to see our ugly mugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now they do have to. That was the good old days. <laughs> I mean, it's this is an action-packed uh, podcast, too. I mean, especially tonight, we've got one more white guy than normal. Yep. Normally, mm. it's two white guys bloviating. Yep. Just sitting yeah, down, which yeah. is thrilling to watch. The microaggressions I mean, are going to be off the charts yeah. tonight. I know when I'm There's sitting. There's so at much home. Uh, oppression just concentrated <laughs> on these two couches. The privilege is so pri- thick. Yes. You could cut it with a knife. Yeah. Um, we got Ben Inglis back with us tonight. Of course, he got kicked out of the uh, the big chair. But that's because uh, you know he failed it well. He did. That was a good episode. I got a, a lot episode. of good feedback. If there's one thing on that, that people say about me, it's that I can fill a chair. <laughs> what was that PG Woodhouse quote I sent you that one day? Uh, she, I don't remember. She looked like. It's uh, <laughs> talking about how this woman was large, and uh, it looked like the chair maker built the chair <laughs> around her in a season when they were wearing chairs tight about the waist or something like yeah. that. <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> Things not to say to a lady. Yeah, yeah, no, don't do that. Um, yeah, we uh, we got a lot of good feedback on that episode. You and I, I, had, I heard from like surprising. Two people, two no people. angry reprisals. Well, if they did, I don't. Uh, I didn't see any. Mm-hmm. Although there were eggs on my house uh, a couple couple mornings. I don't know where that came from. Huh? Do you hand um, out treats on Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> no, I hand out Bibles. Not a bad idea, but uh, maybe tracts of some sort with candy in them, right? Mm. Um, we're all on the board of the KCCS, which is uh, our unofficial sponsor, so we should probably give a shout out. Yeah, Quartha Classical Christian School. We are dropping our fundraising video this week. Did it not drop already? And we, we sent it out to our subscribers in an email. We're in the process of dropping. And it's going on social tomorrow. So it's a you, slow uh, drop. It's more if, of a stumble. If, if you don't follow us on Facebook, you should follow us there. We have a group, Quartha Classical Christian School, and uh, we post a lot of updates from the, the school year, the classroom, what's going on behind the scenes. But yeah, we're, we're doing a fundraising campaign this spring, and uh, the Lord's been good to us. There's a lot of things to celebrate in the school, and yeah. it's only possible with a partnership and support of a much larger community. So... If you are able to give towards that, make an investment in uh, a fruitful education, then we would we would appreciate that. And thank you to everyone who does. I know a lot of our listeners do support us prayerfully and financially as well. So, and we don't want j- people to just uh, oh, thank you, Tristan. There's a uh, Tristan talking about himself, action. The uh, the man from the Upper Forty Studio handed me a coffee. Yeah, can you believe that? Yeah, I'm in his house. Yeah, and he brings me a coffee. It says something about him or something about you, or both. Or both, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have believed it if I wasn't sitting here. Uh, so what I was going to say was, 
for people watching the video, I mean, it's inspiring. And the, the end with the kids singing the doxology is yeah. just, a, yeah. And that's Tristan and his family, by the way. So if you want to know that's what great. the man behind the, uh, that's right, behind the studio looks like, that's him. But we want people to not just consider partnering financially, but, you know, if you've got kids, obviously you need to be thinking about other options at this point other than the government school. So yeah. uh, whether it's homeschool or whether you want to talk to us about, you know, what it would look like to uh, send your kids to KCCS, not necessarily as expensive as you might think. Yeah. Probably not expensive enough, but <laughs> cheaper, than, cheaper than daycare. <laughs> cheaper than daycare. A lot That's cheaper. true. It's very cheap compared to daycare. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, what else? What else? You know, we want to give a shout out to Tristan, of course, from the Upper Forty Studio. Thanks again for having us here. Yeah. JKB Productions. JKB did our Productions. Video. Oh, by the way, I was uh, talking to Ryan Aris from uh, Ezra Institute this week about their. That he's part of JKB Productions, I believe. Uh -huh. That was a huge name drop that just yeah. happened. Ryan I know, Harris. big time. Yeah, I mean, Ryan and I were uh, texting back and forth. It's funny. Whenever I get people's phone numbers, I don't carry on conversations with them. I just send them funny memes every now and then. That's kind of my MO, you know. But uh, he was saying that they're also doing a fundraiser for their uh, documentary that, that you did some yeah. shooting for. So yeah. they got a video up. Uh, that was your starring role? Oh. Yeah, it was, yeah. I'll probably be cut. <laughs> we <laughs> can edit that whole section. It depends. <laughs> if they get any real guys, then they'll cut you. But, uh, you know, like if they can get James Coates, like you're out. They get no funding and they just have to go with me. <laughs> Boy, this coffee's really hot. I got nowhere to put it. Oh, just slide it. There you go. There go. Stick it beside your scotch. Hope none falls in. Yeah. Well, what are we talking about tonight? I mean, there's... Uh, there's been a lot of uh, internet explosions over the last uh, week or so. Yeah. Well, uh, not not just not just the internet, like culturally. Yeah. And uh, it's you know some things on the internet um, you you can't judge. I'm not on Twitter, and sometimes I wish I was to keep up with things. But one of the reasons I'm glad I'm not is that it's so hard. It's so easy to let yourself be led by every recent Twitter yes. controversy that if you actually got off your phone, your computer and walked around, it's like, this isn't actually a big thing for the people around me. Yeah. It's just, it's made to feel that way. But the, the issue of abortion has come back into the cultural conversation in a significant big way. time. Yeah. And, um, and that is owing largely to the fact that our Southern neighbors are, there was a leak a uh, week or two ago, yeah. that the um, Supreme Court justices are considering overturning um, Roe versus Wade. And um, this has led to, you know, we don't need to talk about the legalities of that, mm -hmm. but what it has led to is a further entrenchment of the pro-murder kids people into their position. Yes, and this has, you know, come to yeah. my. I I had conversations with even extended family members and um, professing, formally professing Christians. I don't know, coming out as being pro killing your kids, and I I just found it really shocking. Uh, all of this at a time where um, I did the funeral for an infant last week, and uh, someone who. Um, the doctors didn't give much chance to live, and he lived 12 days. And um, 
Isaac Nathaniel Spurgeon Mills. And many times during his life in the womb, uh, the, the doctors advised his parents to terminate him because of the low probability of his life. And even our uh, members in our own church lost a daughter a year ago in the anniversary. We're having kind of an anniversary thing next week. And again, someone with severe um, physical challenges and, um, you know, doctors presented the option to terminate. And yeah, um, yeah and so it's, so, it's, it's, yeah. there's this juxtaposition of hearing these crazy people advocating for killing kids. And we'll get into the reasons. The reasons are actually even more insane. Yeah. Than they used to be, and here, here we yeah. are. Like, there's there's a good reason for that. So, the, yeah. I mean, the more you confront an evil with the truth, yeah, the more, the more they have to double down, and so they've been doubling down for a generation and a half, two generations now, and as science has progressed to the point where we can see, we can watch a 3D image of a baby in a womb, yeah, you're like, we all know that that's a baby, yeah, like there's nobody even denies that anymore, yeah. Uh, so they've had to double down on their position. But what's been pretty um, revealing has been the response from many of the evangelical leaders, mm. which that, that's been the biggest reveal. Uh, because for as long as I can remember, the mantra has been, yeah, yeah, we all want to end this. We just may have different tactics. But now that it's possible that Roe v. Wade will be ending, all of a sudden it's like, it's just the wrong way to do it. You know, why did it have to be, you know, the MAGA hat wearing guys that ended up bringing in the, you know, the justices that are going to do this. And it's like, I would have been fine with, you know, affecting our witness. Yeah. It's affecting our witness, but we're not really pro-life because we're, we don't go for all these other issues that I'm attacking onto the pro-life issue. And there's just all this obfuscating going on. And it's just really like people, we should be dancing for this. Yeah. Can you imagine can you imagine if someone stood up, you know, in uh, in nineteen fifteen, in the southern states, and said we should stop lynching black people, and someone responded with, "You don't really care about black people because you're not willing to offer them a job. You don't care about yeah. Their, what's going to happen after? What's going to happen yeah. after this? And you're not really pro black people. Everyone like if someone said that today, it'd be like, oh, you're a flaming racist." Yeah. Like, it's it's like, what even kind of argument is that? Like, it just reveals that you don't actually, you're pretending you care about their life yeah. by, by saying, oh, I care about all these details and nuances, but you're attacking someone who wants to for them to not be hung. Yeah. So it's, it's like... I mean, if you even go back further, the arguments are actually mirror exactly the same, the arguments that slaveholders made. You know, we're just we're just too entrenched in this economically. It's too woven in with our societal fabric. Yeah. If we free them, you know, what are, where are they going to go? What are they going to do? Like, they're not going to have a place to live. They're going to be poor. We provide for them. You know, like all this other stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 the exact same arguments. It's the height of oppression. So I don't know if we want to even get into the arguments yet, uh, or if we wanted to start a little well, further I, back. But why don't I? I actually thought I could read the statement that Ben prepared for our church. Okay, sure. And um. Ben prepared a statement on behalf of our church, which is a formal statement for Hill City Baptist. And I would encourage other people to adopt this. I think it's really good. It got some exposure yeah. in the States, and Owen Strand sent it out. And And I think Christians need to, we need to double down 
Um, this, go ahead. This is this is the issue, and I and I we're faithful Christians are involved in a rebuilding project now. Yeah, we've we've um, assumed so much for so long. Yeah. Uh, that we're in danger of, we actually just have to, it's almost like we need to come up again with a, a catechism to address the modern right. issues, things that, oh, yeah. that uh, have been assumed. And, and now we're saying ridiculous things like we need to confront the abortion uh, issue whimsically. Yeah. And I'm, I'm starting to uh, hate the word whimsical more and more every time I hear it. You mean yeah. winsomely? Oh yeah, not whimsical. Win, win, winsomely, winsomely. Yeah, as if, as if you know, uh, it's 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 the euphemism sneaking in. Yeah, uh, from from Christians who ought to know better, and I think whether they're being intentionally blind or deceitful, or they they've been, yeah, just caught up in a deceit un- unknowingly. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's a huge crisis. That we need to we need to we need to address. We can't we can't keep assuming that we all Christians fall on the on the biblical side of these issues. Yeah, because clearly we don't. Yeah, yeah. So is that what led to you writing this? I mean, obviously we've always we care about this issue. Yeah, I th- I think, and I'm gonna. This is someone said recently. I think in terms of COVID that a crisis is an uh, a crisis presents an opportunity. Right. And it was said in a terrible context where. Right. Um, kind of the um, the World Economic Forum, whatever. The, um, but I think that's the case now where abortion has arisen again to public consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of shuffled to the back. I think there was a survey a few years ago. It was basically like 90% of Canadians. Now, these surveys are ridiculous, but don't see abortion as even an issue anymore. Right. Right? It's kind of just, it's there. Um where this is, uh, in light of what's happening in the states and and the possible overturning of Roe versus Wade, uh, then as Canadians we need to revisit revisit it for us as well. And I don't know how possible that is from um, just how far gone we are mm-hmm. as as Canadian politics. But there's I think there's a moment here that mm-hmm. we need to seize. And I think that's kind of that was the incentive. So part of, so part of what you're getting at too, Ben, is the idea that we are so prone to be shaped by the values and the principles around us in ways that are even unconscious. So I want to close by you know a call to action and strategies moving forward um, to stop the killing of innocent children, but. Uh, one of the first things we need to do is not to surrender the terms of the discussion. That's right. And the way that the culture, it's almost like you're not allowed to say anything about this. No uterus, no opinion. Um, You are inherently immoral if you do. Like, they've taken this high ground, and the only way you're allowed to have a conversation is if you're winsome, whatever that means, or you're compassionate, i.e. you affirm my reasons for killing my kid as being legitimate, even if we yeah. disagree. And it's like, we need to reject that outright. The way that our culture talks about children and killing them is the same way that anti-Semites talked about killing Jews and racists talk about killing black people 
and etc 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 it's nothing short of murderous bigotry that's what it is mm. and there may be um complexities regarding to the consequences of these decisions but like let's let's not let's get our heads on that we're not letting them tell us yeah. how we're allowed to talk we, about yeah. this because they don't think it's a problem. We need to get back to simple, straightforward language. It's murder. Like language you, is, yeah. is a huge part of this. It's you like, don't let a racist tell you how you can talk about racism. Yeah. 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 Like You don't let people who kill their kids tell you how the terms by which you can have a conversation about yeah. it. No. Tru- tru- truth is a, a potent, um, beautiful force that... The more we try to dress up, the more its its potency is affected. Um, yeah, words like yeah, words like murder, um, words like life, yeah, that have somehow taken on, um, yeah, pejorative uh, sense, right? Like you just you just need to be clear about the language because you can't get to. You can't get to what's next. You can't get to action. You can't get to anything unless you're clear on definition. You yeah. can't have a clear you can't have a clear definition unless you're clear on the words you use. And I I I can almost bet with absolute certainty that the same supposed Christians who are now talking to us, lecturing people about how they ought to talk about this are people who live in moral ambiguity. Mm-hmm. They're people who told us during lockdowns that yeah. how we can talk about it, what conversation was off limits, what we're not allowed to debate. They're people who, they're only, the only time they land on something morally is the place where you're not allowed to land on something morally that they will come out strongly against people whose tone they don't like or whose certainty they don't mm. like, but they don't actually come out with the tone and certainty about other issues. And it's just a sign, that's just that's just a sign of a hypocrite. That's just, and the, the Canadian church is just full of hypocrites. It's gross. Yeah. So Ben wrote this statement, I'm going to read it, and um, I thought we could dive into it because it, it brings up a lot of important issues. You could even, I mean, it depends. You can even skip the preamble if you just want to get yeah, the actual statement. Yeah, I was just going to read yeah, the principles. Points. Yeah. yeah, that part wasn't very good. <laughs> right, yeah. Nobody needs a preamble. Get to the meat. Um, we, we, we hold, uh, we affirm the following, that human beings are not merely the product of a long, undirected process, but are intentional, unique, and even preeminent beings among the creation of God. Moreover, we affirm the scriptures that each person is a finely wrought instance of divine handiwork with inherent dignity, realities which do not change based on the respective stage of development. Maybe we could talk about this as we go. It used to, do you remember like in grade elementary, maybe high school as first came up, the debate used to be, is it a child? Mm. Like I even remember seeing a video of, uh, I think Trinity Bible Chapel put it out of some street evangelism or something they're doing and and talking to students in Waterloo or something. Um, And the guys were just like, well, it's not a kid. And like I remember, this used to be the rhetoric. Well, yeah. if it's not a human, it's not a human. Then you know, it's not murder. But the scary thing is, I in the last week I've had multiple conversations and people commenting. Everyone grants that it's yes. a child. Yeah, like no one's even trying to say it's not a child. The problem is, you get underneath that, and abortion is the end of a worldview that uh, is is nihilistic. 
uh, and you and you even have a lot of the uh, kind of the transgressive uh, transgressive fiction and 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 um, media coming out um, that treats and speaks about life as uh, as nothing as yeah. worthy actually oh, yeah, deserving is, of violence yeah. and Darwin, degradation. Right? It's, it's Darwin. Yeah. It's if 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 there is no higher purpose to us than a a happy accident at the end of a of a mindless process then there is no we have nothing there's we have no to basis. start there there's no basis for protecting life no and 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 all the rhetoric that says oh you know worldview stuff that's that's not important it's like well oh, then then your then your your uh, passion for life is entirely arbitrary what are you basing that are, yeah. are you basing it on um, kind of uh, pragmatism. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the, uh, their humans are needed to per- perpetuate our species. Yeah. That's kind well, of you, what you're left th- with. This is the end of Darwinian evolutionary worldview, the materialist worldview. There is, in that worldview, there is zero objective basis for human dignity. No. There is not. In fact, there is the promotion of the survival of the fittest. That's right. And the destruction of the weak. Yes, this is a, this is at best a natural um, inevitability. Mm -hmm. But it's actually viewed, therefore, as a moral good. Here's the tension, though. Most people, when they think of it like that, they they shudder a little bit. Um, But that's exactly what we're doing now. Oh, 100%. And so we've We've taken, you know, we've we've walked out this principle. We say, okay, we believe life is meaningless, and that we just were happy accidents, like you say. So, uh, people are going to be consistent with their worldview yeah. eventually. Yeah. Even though the man on or the woman on the street may recoil at that, they may may go home and think about it, and be like, but I don't really have a way to combat that idea. We are just meaningless. So, what does it matter? Yeah. But we still have consciences. Yeah. And so there's this fight between the conscience and the worldview that they're holding. And the only way they can get out of the the consequences of a worldview is to exist in a a world that is at least in the west uh haunted by um biblical assumptions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You talk um, about justice, you talk about rights, yeah. but you mean something that's else. That's right. Entirely. And 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 the more Compassion. That we play out these worldviews to their logical conclusions, yeah. the more people aren't going to like what they find. No, um, we, we've been we've been able to kind of perpetuate in this delusion that we can we can allow all these things and nothing will nothing will happen. Right, yeah. we'll yeah. still be able to. But no, ideas have consequences, and and we're seeing them now. Well, yeah, and and you know, it even used to be like, well, abortion should be rare, and then the only in the instance where the mother's life and date. It's like. Hey man, you go. Anyone gets pregnant now, you go into the doctor, and the baby's healthy. They'll ask you, "Do you want to continue?" Like, i.e., we will kill your yeah. kid if you just don't want yep. to. Like, yep. it's there's no reason mm-hmm. for it. The mother's life is in no danger, even by their standards of of uh, standard of living, which is the most bigoted thing to do. Right? It's like yeah. you're basically saying everyone who's not an upper middle class person. Mm doesn't deserve to live so like all those people around the world it's like you're a giant racist because yeah. you basically think their kids shouldn't they don't deserve to live because they don't have a privileged existence like you yeah but this this is the end of a world that has no basis for human dignity and and they're they're i'm going to read the second point here about personhood 
um, all it becomes is is the powerful over the weak. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Which is why the pro choice people, the pro murder people, um, their methods are coercive. Mm-hmm. They're through the legislative process. Yeah. They're through. Yep. Um, they, they don't have. You don't have principles. There's no principles. There's no principles. The only yes. way it's you just can the exercise of power. It's just exercise of right. power. And um, this this is this is not going to end. Like there's countries in the world who don't have kids with Down syndrome. Like they don't live there because they're all dead. Iceland. Yes. Yeah, they were just boasting a couple of years ago about how they 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 solved autism. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, no, you didn't. You just murdered all of them. Yeah. Killed everyone. <laughs> You've got blood on your hands. Yeah. It's like we solved the Jew problem. And it's you, you know, know? There's, <laughs> there's stories coming out now about the assisted suicide. Yeah. And it's just like family members and, are complaining because I was in the hospital when people were telling me that I needed to be intubated when I and I didn't need to be intubated. And I know many more people we've personally spoken with who were told false information, who other doctors in that same hospital the next shift said was wrong. Um, you now have those doctors have the authority to take your life. But what they'll do is they'll tell patients like, there's nothing we can do. And, and they'll say things that are actually just lies yeah. to actually kill them. Like that happens in Canada right now. So anyways, Mm -hmm. um, the second affirmation, human life begins at conception. We reject as arbitrary and biologically false the notion that personhood is something that accrues throughout a fetus's development. And and this is important. If it's not a conception, where is the point? Yeah. And and any point you make, the personhood is totally arbitrary. I heard somebody argue this week. Uh, I mean, you hear this one all the time, right? Uh, once the, the fetus, they don't use the term baby or child, but fetus is just Latin for child anyway. So um, once the, the once the child is self-sufficient, yeah. and it's like, what, so like five years old? Yeah. Like, does can a three-year-old take care of themselves? Can yeah. they be self-sufficient? Yeah. No. But this they actually, they actually believe that. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that... Um, creepy interview with the guy in California mm-hmm. where they're interviewing people about when when should the line be and this guy was like I don't know like maybe 10 weeks after they're born give the woman a chance to decide whether she wants okay to. but here's the problem yeah. with that like let's actually like literally think about that the maybe 10 weeks so just so we're clear what you're saying is at nine weeks you know and 23 hours and 59 yeah. seconds <laughs> it's um, okay. okay, and a second later, it's murder. So, so you're actually saying that in that, and not even I'm second. What am I talking about? Here I am being so imprecise. We're talking like hundreds of a millisecond, like like whatever the smallest measurement of time there is conceivable in the moral universe. That that splits second is when it went from being totally permissible and a human right to murder. So it's like, are you actually prepared to say mm-hmm. that you know where that moment is? And 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 what if you say ten weeks and yep. your and your uh, your coworker says eleven weeks? Yeah, and someone what, else says eight basis? weeks because they are going to. This, I mean, the the line never gets pushed this, in one this direction. This is it. It's like when you don't have transcendent norms, you are left to the the tyranny of of opinion. Yeah, and you have nothing to fall back on, and that's a horrifying precipice yeah. to look over. And, and how depraved are we? That we're so comfortable forming 
those kinds of ethical conclusions on mere speculation. Yeah. It's like the guy's like, I don't know, maybe yeah. 10 weeks. It's yeah. like, okay, let's set the 10 weeks aside. I just asked you when it's okay to kill someone. Yeah. And you just flippantly threw in an answer. It's like, what if you're wrong about that? Yeah. But it's like, we don't care. We don't care because like... And we've buried the atrocity under, and I get to that later on, yeah. under so much jargon and terms that we... We permit we permit ourselves uh, not having to confront the, uh, the the atrocity of it. Yeah, it's just no. We're just um, preemptively concluding a collection of cells. Yeah, right. This is the the the, the we're having the total upheaval of language mm, when yeah. it comes to yeah. these things. You can't have a clear discussion. No, even if like with basic terms, yeah. you can't. And I think we got to go back to what you said, Al. You cannot surrender that ground. No. When people are using categories that are not biblical, like we're just terminating this clump of cells, you, like you cannot use that. No. You have You've to. Already. You have to just go above them, and yeah. and call it what it is. Yeah. To to surrender that ground, like you're just the same person who, when some racist is beating his slave and saying that it's just like my dog, and you don't object, you're that person. Yeah. Um. It says, rather, we affirm the moment of fertilization a human being emerges as a genetically distinct human organism, needing only the proper environment to grow and develop. We believe the difference between an adult human and a preborn child is not one of nature, but of form. And so if you say that, that well, well, I'll go, I'll go further. He says, the distinction between so-called descriptive view of conception, which affirms that life begins at conception, and a normative view which questions whether the fetus is deserving of legal, legal consideration, is artificial. So what some people try to do is say, well, it's a human, but not all humans have the same rights. Mm, that's right. And it's like, okay, but on yeah. what basis you do you need want? to push them on that? Yeah, it's like, yeah. do any humans yeah. have any rights? Yeah. And, and on what basis do and Who they, gets to decide? Is, yeah, is that person's three that feet is. and that person's five feet? Yeah. Do they have less legal consideration? Yeah. That's what that argument is. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, someone came up to me after church, a, a brother in the Lord, and he said, you know, I'm going to start, when people start talking to me about abortion, like at work, I'm going to I'm gonna just throw it there. It's like, yeah, I think we should actually raise the abortion age to three and like just see what we'll people see what do. Because yeah. likely they'll be like, whoa, that was pretty extreme. Yeah. And I said, yeah, likely, but it'll lead to good conversation. But in today's world, you never actually know because yeah. you might say that and people might go, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, why not? Yeah, yeah. why not? You know, it's, it's hard. It's hard for a woman, you know. It's like, that's how evil we are. And this is the slippery slope that everyone calls a fallacy. But that once you get rid of transcendent norms yep. is, is not a fallacy anymore. You look at the uh, assisted suicide oh, yeah. discussion where at the beginning, everyone was like, oh, it's only for very specific... Um, you know, terminal issues, they're yeah. in so much pain. Within Not a year, the discussion was, uh, like, I'm just depressed. Yeah. Yep. Or I just, you know, I I, I yeah. don't, I'm, I'm below the poverty line. Yeah. And all we had to do was look at Europe to see that that's where it was headed, because they were already there. They already do that. And we said, hey, this is a slippery slope. And I mean, there there's a way that that can be a fallacy, but we're just pointing at human nature and yeah. history and be like, yeah. every time people do this, it ends up here. We're going to end up there. I mean, it's just... Yeah, slippery slope argument. It can't. You can't conclude from it that this will happen. Not, no. But, but the point you're making is 
that because of the lack of principles or the problem with the principles, it could like the, the burden of proof is on you to tell me why, why it it's not going to end yeah. there. Why do your principles prevent yeah. this? Yeah. And when we bring up a slippery slope, we're saying in our estimation, they don't prevent it. Mm. And that needs to be taken into account. Um, so we would say, look, when you're a human, according to scripture, uh, which is when you are conceived, you have the rights of a human being. You're a person. You're a person. Yep. You're not. You're not more of a person. Yep. There's when no you're, becoming a person. No. And and it's like you don't reach this peak personhood and peak rights when you're 25, and and in good health and and, and when liked you're and earning a lot declines. of money. And yeah. Then when be, then we become old and sick and people have to take care of you. Well, then you're worth less. Yeah. yeah. Personhood is tied to nothing less than your value as someone who's created in the image of God. Mm. And that is a value that is not given to you by anyone other than your creator. And it cannot be taken away by anyone other than your creator. And the Christian um, contention is that not only we're right about this, it's the only rational basis for inherent dignity. Yeah. The only one. And you you want to understand the polarization that's taking place in our culture it's not just a matter of like people have stronger views on, um, you know, left and right conservatives and liberals. It's like there used to be right at the bottom a shared assumption that life is sacred. It's like, can we at least agree on that? Okay, we've got, then we can move forward, right? When that, that's not common ground anymore and life is not assumed to be sacred, um, well, you get the mess we're in today. Yeah. You get, but that, you get but the, that shared assumption only came out from a Christianized oh, culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't get that in non-Christian culture. Oh, yeah. of course not. Yeah. Like, yeah. But just basic things mm. that are, again, are so undeniable. Yeah. And and once you lose undeniable things, you're left with just insanity and chaos is, is what we're seeing. So we go on and say the we utterly deny the existence of so-called reproductive rights. Um, this is a euphemism, but you used to put positively the murder of children. Yeah, like calling it healthcare. Yeah, this is yeah. what this is what oppressors do. They they euphemize their language in positive terms so that they are doing something righteous. Right. This is what Nazis do. Yeah. This is what dictators do. This is what genocide perpetrators do. And this is what pro baby killers do. Yeah. Uh, right, they're not persons. Yeah, they're they're humans, but they're not persons. They're yeah. sub subhuman. You know, they're not as developed. Uh, I mean, so much of this we already said comes from Darwin, and we gave up this fight when we abandoned the biblical view of creation. Yeah, literal six day creation. Yeah. When we surrender that ground, like we set the wheels in motion for this. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point because if you if you, if you don't have a literal creation, you lose the principles of creation. If you don't have Genesis one, it's, like did did God really say? Yeah, yeah. we're back to that. Yeah, no, if you can doubt point. God in one aspect, it extends to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is our conviction that the rights of one party are not permitted to usurp the rights of another, and this is a this is a fundamental principle of biblical justice. I mean. Um, I read in Genesis 9, 5 to 6, and for your lifeblood I will require a reckoning. From every beast I will require it, and from man, from his fellow man I will require a reckoning for the life of man. 
Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man his own image. And this is the shocking, startling, unique ethic of the God of the Bible, namely that every human life is of equal value. This is not a human um, principle. This is this is there is no historic basis for saying that this is anything other unique to the God of the Bible. That, that that's just such a that is such a sham. It's such an ignorant thing to say. And what we're seeing is the fruit of abandoning this God. Is we are rever- reverting away from equal rights for all people to a place of prioritizing certain people as having rights. Abortion is the the. Um, the antithesis to human rights. It's the antithesis to it because um, it's actually prioritizing the rights of the weak over the or of the strong over the weak, and and excluding the weak and, altogether. Like we're, I mean, I know everyone hates when you bring up Nazis in these discussions, but like again, the burden of proof is on you to tell me how we're not going to be at the Aryan paragraph in another five years. Yeah. Where you have arbitrarily selected a certain group, a certain demographic that is worthy of perpetuation, and we have the moral obligation to destroy those who are not of us. Mm -hmm. That's where this goes. And Mm -hmm. you said something earlier about how they're not arguing from principle, but it's an argument from power. If they had a principle... We might be able to say, okay, there's their principle. We can probably hang our hat on. They're going to end up here. But there is no principle. And so the, it's just going to keep going just and power. going. Yep. Well, the, right? the closest thing they have to principle is choice. Yeah, choice. But but this is even a hypocrisy. And this yeah. is what we need to call them on. They say, my body, my choice. Um, it's just a lie. You don't it's actually not. believe that all people have a choice. What you believe is you should have a choice. You believe that certain people should have a choice. So a lot of people support abortion because they're like, well, yeah, someone should have the choice. Like human autonomy and freedom to choose is an important thing. And to a degree, we would would say human responsibility and the freedom that corresponds with it. Yeah, I believe I should have a choice to not get a vaccine or not wear a mask. Yes, Yes, (laughs) there are choices that are are necessary to uphold human rights and responsibilities. Uh, But those choices are not absolute. And the reason why, on a rational basis, we can say this, is because your choice and your choice and my choice all impact one another's mm-hmm. choices. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if I say, yes, all three of us get to do whatever we want and we will uphold each other's choice, what if we disagree? Well, yeah. then one of us will have to concede, yeah. right? And we're, if we're honest, I mean, in this instance, my choice would win, but... I don't know. I've been brushing <laughs> you, up on my alpha skills. Have you skills. seen my Taekwondo skills? What <laughs> kind of skills do you have, Jer? Krav Maga. Israeli. Just, just you. What's that, that one where you fling your arms around? Wang Chung, Wing Chung, Wing Chung. <laughs> yeah, I always thought that one would be cool. But Wang Chung. But it's not like really a song. I think that was a dance. No, it's, it was like Bruce Lee. Oh. Yeah, but yeah. Everybody Come on, buddy, Wing Chung. Tonight. I just, I feel like that's an arguable point that you would necessarily. If it was me and Jer against you. <laughs> With with the combined manliness on this couch, I think we might yeah. be able to oh, yeah. overpower you. Yeah, I don't know, boys. But um, <laughs> the the point is that there's no such thing as absolute autonomy. You don't make choices in a void. No, you in don't a make vacuum. choices in a void. Yeah. 
And there's a limit on all of our choices in order to uphold the choice of others. The only way you can you can choose uh, to kill your baby is that the baby can't say anything in yeah. defense. Yeah. yeah. So you have the illusion that you uh, can make a choice in a vacuum. <laughs> Did yeah. you see it's- Oprah flapping her gums about this and saying it should be a choice between me and my doctor and my child? No. It's like... Is Oprah still a what? thing? I haven't seen her. In sorry, forever. sorry, sorry. What does the it doctor have to do Oprah. with it? It wasn't Oprah. It was Whoopi husband? Goldberg. Oh, what yeah. About, what Whoopi, about the yeah. husband? No, but it was also like, <laughs> or the man. did you have a conversation with your child? Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Conversation. Like, he says he's okay with he it. He says he's okay yeah. with this. He doesn't want to be rich and poor or poor or whatever. You know. Yeah. But it's it's the ultimate lie. It's like you don't believe in choice. So that would be their principle circling yeah. back. But we need to challenge that and say, you don't believe that. Yeah. You don't actually believe in human right. rights. You don't believe in choice. And we need to challenge the idea of autonomy. We've talked about this with the uh, like the vaccine stuff. Um, mm-hmm. People people that we maybe made the right uh, call, but have the wrong reason for it. Like, right. I, I'm a self-autonomous person. You can't tell me to do that with my body. It's like, right. well, hold on a second. You're not autonomous. Yeah. Uh, your body belongs to God. Yeah. Right? And so, again, we, we have to have the right biblical... Uh, framework here. Yeah, scripture so says you're purchased. I'm not autonomous. I yeah. can't do whatever I want with my body yeah. just because I chose to. Yeah. And uh, again, we we don't surrender the ground about it being their body. It's not your body, and you know it's not. No. So uh, it's you're wrong on two counts. Yeah. Um, you're not. You're not, and you cannot be autonomous. Yeah. It's just not possible. No. And delayed consequences doesn't mean there's no consequences. Like there's, like you were saying, there's there's two. There's obedience and there's defiance. Of the Lord, uh, who holds dominion from sea to sea. Um, so the fact that your baby can't respond um, and look in your eye as you're murdering it doesn't mean that God won't and He will yeah. hold you account. Yeah. Um, when He judges the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what people need to be reminded of as well, is that. Uh, there, there is a judgment forthcoming that you may be able to escape consequences now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read this. This is a post. This was going all over Facebook. And it's it was like, I'm not pro-murdering kids. I'm pro-Becky, who found out through a 20-week anatomy scan that the infant she had been so excited to bring into the world had developed without life-sustaining organs. It's like, let's just talk about this. You're... The argument is Becky found out her child doesn't have what they need to live. And so we should kill that child. Okay. Um, There's so many problems with this one. um, Like even, even our friends, they were told that their son wouldn't live, survive birth. I was standing inside of the hospital anticipating that it would be stillborn or soon after Isaac would pass away. And he lived 12 days. He lived 12 days. And they said that there's no chance of this happening. He's going to be born. And he came out screaming, a good, powerful scream. And his vitals were were great, other than his, his severe heart issue. He was great. And they had 12 precious days with him. And, and they absolutely, I mean, they never would have even considered anything else. Um, but they were so thankful for that time that they got with their son. So you you can't even make that decision based on the limited 
resources that that like no one could definitively say whether your child will live or die, which is why we don't have the authority to do that, right? Yeah, and there's something sinister going on in that as well. As it was as with so many of these things, it's like these talking points that don't they don't hold up under scrutiny. But when you're saying there is that all those who are pro-life, um, they're kind of mercenary about yeah. it. It's like they don't see the face behind the abortion, right? Yeah. It's like they they uh, they don't care about people. Yeah. They just yeah. care about their agenda. That's what they're trying to do there. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm saying I don't think Becky should kill her kid. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. follow that I don't care for the sorrow that yeah. Becky faces. Yeah. There's, a, there's a primary issue here. And this yeah, is what right. this is what we need to not surrender the ground in. It's like, hey, listen, pro killing baby people, uh, you don't have the right to compassion. And this is why the holistic life people are so annoying because they buy into the same fallacy. It's like if you are stuck on the issue of don't kill kids, you can't also care about the uh, the struggles and the burdens mm. that women will carry. Yeah. It's like why. Yeah. It doesn't logically yeah. follow. because yeah, it's convenient yeah. for and, your narrative. And it's not even true. Like, yeah. people who care about not killing kids adopt kids. A lot. They adopt a lot of kids, which means they take every burden that you can mention, they take those on gladly and joyfully. It is empirically false that there are just these cold-hearted Peter people who, on one hand, are willing to stick their neck out and say, don't kill your kids. Who all who, who simultaneously don't give a rip for anything else in their life, mm. and and we need to we need just to say at that point, hey hey pause, you don't like you don't love Becky, we love Becky, all right. The other thing is like, how does it follow that your child has is unlikely to live that you can now kill them? Yeah, yeah. Where's it's like, that? Think about that principle. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we've already adopted it for for adults and old people. So yeah, it's like why so, wouldn't we just apply it to the kids? It's so sinister, and it's under the guise of compassion, but it's like you're not pro anybody. Yeah, you're pro self. You're a narcissist. Yeah, you're, you're a total you're, you're, narcissist. You're, um, and we've adopted yeah, yeah. this this impulse to everything in our yeah. culture right now. This isn't working. It's got a slight flaw. Yeah, throw it out. I want to buy something new. And I don't want to to kind of make it trite by by making it about appliances and things. But we do that. It's everywhere. There, there's no sense in which I need to sacrifice. Uh, I need to 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 make a sacrifice for the sake of from something. In this case, a life. Right. It's like if it's not perfect, that needs to be thrown away. Yeah. And that is antithetical to. The gospel. Yeah, and they use the example of a woman who is raped on her way home yeah. and now carries a child of, of her rapist, which would be a horrific thing to have happened yeah. to you mm-hmm. and, and um, a lifelong struggle, um, to put it to, to put it lightly. But it doesn't follow, as Ben articulated, that you can, um, two wrongs don't make a right. Mm-hmm. You know, when you add yeah. murder to rape, it doesn't make things better. Yeah, and... Uh, I don't know where you guys are at with the the idea of capital punishment, but in my view, the rapist should get capital punished. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. our view is that there there is a death deserved in that situation. It's not the innocent it's party. Not, yeah, it's not the baby that deserves yeah. to die. Yeah. It's, it's the perpetrator. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm pro-Cathy, who had her innocence... Um, you know, someone who was an underage, she was 11-year-old, she isn't mature enough to bear the consequences. Yeah. 
of the betrayal. And again, heinous, yeah. heinous instances. But it's like you and you don't help that person either. You yeah. don't help that. You want to put a murder on their conscience yeah, exactly. now, too. And you, you know why I know they're lying about this when they when they bring these examples up? Because if they really were going to be consistent, they would be against abortion in the cases where it's just being used as a as a birth control. Yeah. Method. But they're not. And they'd be against they say, the trans be, stuff. Because I'm for Amy being able to do it or Becky, I'm going to let everybody do it. Yeah. Well, no, you then you don't have the principles you say you have. Yeah. This is what's crazy. That what This one is like, I'm pro Melissa who's working two jobs just to make ends meet and has to choose between bringing another right. child yeah. into poverty or feeding the children yeah. she already yeah. has because her space walked out on oh her. It's like, this is the insanity you where you have, say? where you have no triage of principles because you have no paradigm. It's, it's literally just uh, convenience. But yeah, it, it is just right on par with taking of life. You're it, looking at your balance sheet going, well, I wouldn't be able to afford another baby, therefore. Yeah. It's like, and on that principle, you could literally do that to a five-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, there's nothing <laughs> There's to nothing. Say. Or a bum on it's the like street. It's perfectly or, consistent. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's like, why don't we go around and get rid of all the homeless I've, people? I have actually had somebody make that argument to me. I, can, I confronted a friend who, uh, who has had uh, abortions. And uh, they use that argument. Oh, I just, you know, I wouldn't be able to bring the kid up properly. And I'm like, well, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so you, you think you should be able to just like and this kill whole- homeless people because they have, you know, they're taking up space and they don't have money and they they can't take care of themselves. And and, and kind of yeah, yeah. And for the minority, and they, it is a minority of un, uh, kind of forced pregnancies. Um, by and large, the majority of of women who are insisting on abortion, it's. It's as if the pregnancy was outside of their control. It's just like there's an there's a yeah. an, an uh, a parasite that has affected them, yes. uh, unbeknownst to them, and yeah. totally outside of their responsibility. Yeah. And again, we're back to I shouldn't. This baby has to bear the consequences of my bad yeah. decision. So there's, this po- this post ends by saying I'm. You can argue that I'm pro-choice all you want. The truth is I'm pro-life, their lives, women's lives. Yeah, you yeah. don't get to pick and choose which scenarios would should be accepted well that's what they're doing it's like that's literally <laughs> what you're doing yeah. what we're saying is hey how about we stop picking and choosing what lives matter yeah. they all matter all right you can't kill people you can't kill innocent people let's go back to that yeah and then we can help all these people mm-hmm. but what you're doing is picking and choosing who lives and dies you are choosing that and that's just disgusting and and christians need to the reason this goes around is like some kind of sick, twisted person looks at that and either thinks that's compassion or some immature Christian feels like, wow, I guess I don't want to be seen as not compassionate. I need to affirm this. Was that from a professing believer? I don't know who it was from. It was all over the place. Yeah. Sounds like something you might get from... Yeah. But here we're back again to the whole, like, pietism... Yeah. Like, I don't want to enter, I want to get into the fray of these matters. They're polarizing, uh, people's lives are at stake. Th- this is the consequences of, like, when you stay up in your spiritual cloud and say general spiritual things, uh, unspecific things. Like, people die. Yeah. Kids kids are killed. Yeah. Um, it, yep. it, it, it's, it, you know, it was, the, it was the thing with the lockdowns and the, vi- and the vaccines. Yeah. Um, 
it's like yeah there there's just there's there's consequences <laughs> yeah we need to we need the end of the be nice gospel yeah. it's a false gospel yeah, the 11th commandment and we need the we need the uh return of the biblical gospel the bloody death of Christ for bloodthirsty sinners yeah that's uh, just what it is yeah. so so let me ask this question and i've got my i my thoughts on this but do you guys think that guilt is driving a lot of this insanity Oh, 100%. Like, I mean, a lot of people have clearly had abortions or been involved, especially with the men, like, you yeah. know, coercing or yeah. or just being absent. and, and uh, Yeah, when you, the whole shout your abortion thing, it's yeah. kind of like if I say it loud enough that my shame and guilt yeah. will disappear. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that, that, that definitely explains the, the rabidity uh, and, frankly, demonic energy behind. Like, it really feels that way. That, that you can so clearly embrace antithetical statements and believe contradictory things like that is that's set on fire by and hell. it shows the human desire for righteousness and that they right. need to it's 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 self-righteous mm. right it's like i i can't say i'm killing my kid i have to say i'm pro-choice i have to say i'm reproductive rights i have to euphemize things so i'm seen as actually doing a moral good mm -hmm. And and attack anything that exposes the dark and sinister reality that this is a heinous evil. And again, rep repentance is the way forward. Yeah. Yes. And you bury it, and you bury it, and you bury it, and you think that's, you hide Adam and Eve, you hide from yes. God, and you think that is your salvation. Salvation is coming into the light, and, and you think it's going to be the death of you, but you expose your sin to the light, and that's when the promise comes to you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I mean this is this is the hope for the abortion debate. It's yes. not it's not winning arguments. We need to be clear yeah. on the truth yeah. and we need to do a lot better job of it. And the Canadian niceness is is essentially you're the same person who just sat quietly while people own slaves. That's who you are. Pietists are the same people who had slaves and permitted it. Same people. And we need to let that die. And we need especially men. Yeah. We need men who will grow a pair and who will step up and speak the truth and love and will have moral clarity. And if your life is shrouded in things that you are ashamed of and guilty of, you need to repent of them yeah. so that you can speak clearly to issues yeah, yeah. that matter. And you need to not be afraid of angry women, right? You need to actually just, just say like, look, I'm going to advocate for the oppressed. I'm going to speak for the oppressed. I'm going to speak for the voiceless. I'm going to speak for the vulnerable. I'm going to use my strength to defend the weak. That's our duty. And the pro-life movement in Canada, sadly, is still led largely by women. And this is, I think this is the reason, this is why the church is here in Canada. Because, you know, uh, people really commended Ben's statement. And, and I thought, it's very well written, Ben. You're an amazing writer, but it's kind of like, what else have people been this saying? This is just it's basics. Like, That's what yeah, I thought. Like, this is just basic it's like stuff. basic stuff. But it's like, you're right. When you think about it, it'll be like, we affirm um, life from conception to birth. Yeah. It's like, it's like, say something to say we said something without really getting into it that they can, you know, really... What can we say that's going to be true, but not offensive? Yes. Yeah. True, but not offensive. But the true truth is offensive. I think yeah. it, I, and I think in this case, it needs to be offensive. I mean, you don't have to make it offensive on purpose, um, but you should not hide the offense of it. No. Like, racists are offended when you tell them that the people they feel superior to are human beings. 
And you, yeah. like, like people who kill their kids are going to be offended when you say that that's murder. And and yeah. you don't gain any ground. We're reading a book in our 7-8 class right now. We had this discussion about bullies and, 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 and kind of the human and the Canadian specifically impulse to avoiding conflict is that, well, just let them have that. Just, just kind of um, situate yourself as to not cause a ruckus, right? Like, give them that. Give them that ground. It's, it's like endless concessions, right? And that's how you, that's how you, make that's how you ennoble, that's yeah. how you uh, increase the bullies' power and tyranny yeah. and to, and to, until they're killing left and right, right? Mm-hmm. That to, there's like a human intuitive sinful blindness that, that thinks that's a wise way forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the same with the, the lockdowns, right? We'll just give them this, we'll give them this, we'll give them this. And then all of a sudden your church is shut down. It's like, it's the same with, it's the same with abortion, right? Yeah. You got to stand, what are the first principles? Mm-hmm. You stand on those. Yeah. So don't strangle the ground. Um, don't let them shape the conversation. You don't have the conversation on their terms, right? You, why would you let your enemy pick the battleground? Yeah. You want to pick the battleground. You want to pick a place that's advantageous. Why do you, before you even begin the fight, so to speak, you, you surrender all the advantages? Yeah. Like, look, this isn't an issue of compassion. No, we're not the ones overlooking the concern for people. Yes, it's like all of these things. We, this is where we begin, right? Yeah. And all of it, every time being clear that murderous sinners can be forgiven um, by a God who sent his son into the world and who was murdered by sinners. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the beauty of the gospel, that even people who kill their own children and advocate for that can be forgiven of their sins. And um, that is the depth of the mercy of God. And that is that is the only solution. Like the end of this, this guilt-ridden, um, avoidance, avoidance, and yeah. these exercise of power and oppression is just death. Yeah, it's just death, and it's death for the people to participate in it. It's death for the victims of it. It's just death for everybody. But Jesus Christ came into the world that we might have life and have it abundantly, and 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 we need to hold out the hope to people in this dark and twisted world of what that life truly is, mm-hmm. and. That, that's our call. So this is not a secondary issue. This is a 100% a gospel issue. It's a false gospel being pushed on our culture. And uh, we, need, we need to teach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I feel like getting into the nuts and bolts of moving forward be, would be a whole other episode. Well, I think what we should do is have, we should see really if Flora would come on. Yeah, or if we could chat with her, someone who's involved in the yes. in the movement, yeah. practically. I think maybe we do another another one to tidy up some of these loose ends. Yeah, with the three of us, and then yeah, talk real practical with uh, Laura Glasson. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't officially invited her on yet, so hey, if you're watching, yeah. <laughs> it's the soft opening. We'll be calling. Soft invite. We'll be calling. <laughs> oh. Um, any recommendations? Uh, I'm just thinking, like, most of us are probably going to be on the same page with sort of the whole issue and, and a lot of the nuts and bolts of it. But uh, there's a great documentary. I think it's available on YouTube. Um, it's not available on any of the platforms. It's called uh, Black Genocide Maafa 21, like M A A F A 21. Hmm. I believe that's the title. 
It is an in-depth look at Planned Parenthood, how mm-hmm. it how it began in the states, and how uh, it was birthed out of the eugenics, eugenics movement, and how the explicit um, goal of the eugenics movement was uh, birth control for poor people and black people and Mexicans and everybody else they didn't want undesirables. Yeah. Uh, and then when that wasn't working, they pushed it further and started advocating for, um, you know, the, uh, the abortion for those people primarily. Mm-hmm. And to this day, still most, most Planned Parenthood locations are in poor neighborhoods. And, yeah. You know, they couch it in the, in the language that, Oh, we're helping poor people. Yeah. See, no, yeah. you're killing them because you don't want them. This is yeah. actually like full blown racism. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, it's a it's a really heart wrenching documentary to watch, but it uh, it might put a little lead in your belly. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have any other. Joe's got a good book. I think it might be called For Life. Yes, a little a little one, um, just a good thing to get ten copies. Keep one for yourself. Give them eight to people. We've got some at the chapel on the little our little book wall there. Nice. Feel free to take those. Yeah. There was a large, I'm trying, I was just trying to look it up. I remember I, when I took ethics at seminary, there was a large white book. It was just called Ethics. And I remember. What was it about? <laughs> I remember. Something about, something called Ethics? It was a smaller book. course and I was staying at this little hotel. And uh, I remember reading the chapter in there on abortion and the, the actual process, the abortive process. And it had never been explained to me in that kind of detail. And I just remember weeping. I mean, it was just, it was shocking. Um, It's all dressed up in terms and everything, but they actually, they literally rip the child apart apart with forceps, depending on the the stage. Or suck it out. Or suck it out. They used to just burn it with a saline solution. Like, it's just, it's terrible. But I I would say, as hard as it is, confront yourself... um, with with the with the uh, the grotesque reality of abortion, Part of so of that you could get rid of all the the euphemisms and the jargon. One of the things they did after the war was they marched Germans out to the concentration yeah. camps, and there's several reasons for this, but one is so that there's a visceral reaction which limits the possibility of that happening again. Because if all of it is, if yep. all it is, it's like I saw them get on trains. I mean, it was kind of yeah, like suspect but i didn't think too much more it's Mm. like well no where were those trains going why did they come back empty and when you go and look at the um burial grounds and you look at the furnaces and you look at the gas chambers and you see all of the shoes stacked up yeah you know and the jewelry and the gold teeth and it's like oh this is what we did like you need to look evil in the face Mm -hmm. To see your need for grace. And people who ignore grace, they have to ignore the evil. You know, people who want to justify themselves, they have to prop themselves up and dress themselves up and put on a show um, and pretend that there's something that they're not. Wilberforce did this too when he was uh, trying to abolish slavery. They bring people down to the piers to look at the slave ships, go on and look at them. There's actually an amazing movie, Amazing Grace. Yeah. Yeah. They it's make actually, a movie out of that. The, yeah, yeah, it's, it's oh, good. Metaxas book. No, it's uh, it it's was, it's actually is it about John Newton or is it about Wilberforce? No, it's about Wilberforce. It is about Wilberforce. He meets John Newton. There's a yeah. Newton scene in it. Yes. Yeah. Was it so? Was that made from Eric Metaxas's book? No, oh, I don't, think, I don't so. think so. Okay, so it's pre that. Okay, but it's inspiring, it and I think movie. for people, 
we are in, in a similar situation whereby the, the dominant culture is so supportive of killing kids. Um, and it's an uphill yeah. battle. And Wilberforce yeah. was a, it was a long fight. It was, it was a it long was his, fight. It was life, his life's work. It right? was his life's work. And I think we need to sober up and realize that this is this is something we need to commit to um, for the long run. Yeah. yeah. And it brings us back to our, I know we're, we're going on here, but our last discussion, Jair, on Christians getting involved where they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even if it's a small area uh, of, of a political, just get in there. Be be a force of of prayer, be a force yeah. of of opposition, and and yeah, it's going to be incremental. But there's nobody, and we need to start somewhere, right? Yeah, we need to take that long game that, that Wilberforce and those guys they committed to. Yeah. It's going to be their life work. We need to take the long game, and we need to take the short game because I do think we have a window here. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, so then, and we're not Wilberforce. We've got people like. Laura Klassen and yeah. and the end abortion now guys in the states and their whole network of churches that have already done a lot of this work and we just need to tap into it and like pick up the torch and go. Um, so I mean I know everybody's optimistic about the the Roe v Wade thing and I don't we don't want to get too much into the legality of it but even if when that's overturned or if it's overturned it doesn't mean what we all think it means it's not over right no uh, it's just sending it back to the states it's a constitutional issue it's yeah. not really about abortion yeah. um i rc sproul junior put it this way he said it's d day yeah right you're landing on the beach but you still have to fight and get to berlin yeah you know so it's just it's really just the beginning uh, for a lot of uh, for for the states uh, but we need to take a principle for that for us too. Um, I'm preaching this weekend uh, from Acts 18 when uh, Paul is actually in the midst of of Corinth, which was basically the San Francisco of the ancient Mediterranean world, just mm-hmm. utter depravity and paganism. And uh, and 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 God appears to him in a vision, and, and he says, uh, "Don't be afraid. Keep on speaking." And that's kind of the main thrust of, of, of my text. And I think that's a good thing for all Christians. It's like, we have the words of eternal life. Yeah, We have the truth. And our mandate needs to be, I think, do not afraid. Keep on speaking. Yeah. In, in, in the opportunities. I remember, I was just thinking, Al, when I was, I was writing it, uh, when you were asked to speak at the, uh, the lockdown mm-hmm. uh, protest. And... and and how you just, I was a little wary because of kind of the the various groups that were attached to mm-hmm. it. But it's like, look, this is an avenue to speak truth. Mm-hmm. And and people definitely resonated with that. Mm-hmm. And we need to be alert, uh, being aware of opportunities yeah. and making opportunities yeah. to, to, to proclaim tr- truth. Absolutely. Keep speaking it. Not be passive. Yeah. And we all just need to be prepared to be called bad names yeah and be willing be willing to to take that right i mean i i call you bad names already well yeah and and it hurts when it comes from you because you're a good guy right but i mean if you're being called bad names by people who murder their kids then yeah you know i'm I'm willing to take that doesn't hurt as much it doesn't hurt quite as much but it's still just something we have to okay we have to get used to it's gonna happen people think that it's like people have watched movies about racial oppression in the states or something and they think that it's like the football coach hero 
And in the end, everyone sh- like yeah. celebrates him. Like, read your Bible. You got the enemies like slow clapping. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like no. When you stand, they're gonna hate you till real life. The, the reason, okay, stand for the oppressed. Why are they oppressed? Because there's oppressors. Yeah, oppressors do not like when you advocate for the oppressed. Yeah, and they don't go away when you. No, win. they don't go away. Like, what happened to the prophets who spoke? What happened to Jesus? Mm. Like, did it soften the hearts of the Pharisees? <laughs> no, it didn't. All well, it actually did was make them resent him. Maybe if he'd been more winsome. Yeah. yeah, it would have softened the third like way. He came in and helped <laughs> and healed people who had sat in the most miserable conditions for their entire life. And they look on it, they all they see is a challenge to their power and their righteousness. They don't care about those people. So it's like get up, get over it now, Christian, that if you are going to be truly fight for justice, that you will be given a platform and that you will be given, you know, money and the people will like you. And, and it's like the only people that they do that for are their own. Yeah. And so if we are going to actually stand for justice in a world that is corrupt, we're going to be hated. Right. And this is why we have guys like David French and Russell Moore. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like they want to be, they want both sides. Yeah. They want to, they want to be liked, but they want to, do the right thing. I love well, maybe how that's they, I don't, all blowing up in their yeah, face. I don't right think now, they do want to do the right frankly. thing, but they they put on airs that they want to do the right thing, uh, but they're just trying to. Yeah, I don't know. They they love the world, right? They're in love with the world. They're in love with the praise of men. But the fruit, yeah, the praise comes. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> yeah, there's been an apocalypse, a revealing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, it's really warm in here. It is really warm in here. We should uh, stop recording so we can open a window. Yeah. Turn the air conditioner back on. But uh, just real quick before we go, what are you guys reading? Got any good books on the go? I'm reading That Hideous Strength for about the 18th time. Uh, C.S. Lewis's yep. Last of the Space Trilogy. Yep. Love it. It is, I can't express how much of a masterpiece it is Yeah. and how prophetic it is. And the insights... Lewis brings to the uh, the machine of of materialism and humanism, even the insights and scientism, he brings, the, even the insights he brings in that to male female relationships. Oh, it's, are wild, eh? It is just, and it's a delightful read. Yeah, everything about it, the way he weaves in mythology. I don't know how Lewis worked out. Some of this stuff in his mind, kind of um, what, like with Merlin, with and all? Merlin, and yeah, yeah. and, but the way he, it's just, it's such a fantastic They've read and deep heaven down on their yeah, heads. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm reading that again. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the dumbest generation. I'm also reading by, uh, and I forget, I'm going to forget his name. Um, it's all about um, what a generation raised on smartphones and screens and ideology. Uh, has become. I guess uh, we're looking at that. Anyway. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite discouraging. Anyways, yeah, I'm reading a book. Uh, it was given by a young man, young man named Roshan. He went to TBS, sent a book back through Taggett to give to us elders. A, it's an edited book, and it's a um, festschrift. Is that what you say? Like a written for Sinclair Ferguson, and it's all on pastoral ministry mm-hmm. and um, really good chapters, but. One of why it, don't I have that book yet? Well, like it's because I'm reading it first. I thought it. Oh, okay, it's just one. It's just one. Oh, okay. Um, and there's a quote from Voss in there, 
And it says, The joy of working in the dawn of the world to come quickens the pulse of all New Testament servants of Christ. And that inspired me to write something this week um, just about the narrative that we see ourselves living in. Do we see ourselves living in the sunset or the sunrise? And a lot of people's eschatology is that we're living in the sunset. And that's just not true. It's a sunset of the world and the flesh and the devil, but it's the, it's the sunrise of the sun. And um, it just encouraged me with the hope that, that Christ coming into the world and living and dying and rising and ascending and presently ruling and reigning changed things. Mm-hmm. And there is a hope. And, and I felt a quickening in my pulse when I read that. Um, so that's kind of what I've been plugging through. Joe Boots. Um, book is always I've hit it here and there. Ruler of Kings, yeah, um, strongly recommend that. It's great. It's succinct, and um, it's only 190 pages long. Yeah, I mm. want to get a bunch of bonus. I've got three copies. If anybody, yeah, I think wants I, th- I thought you were going to bring one for me, Jerry. Oh, if I had known that you wanted one, I would have brought. I think for we it. talked about this. Last Did we? Time. Okay, sorry. Right. Next time, I, forgiveness, please. What are you reading, Jerry? Uh, I'm still almost done the Silmarillion, and it's getting oh, real wow. good. It's getting good because now it's getting to the stuff that ties in with... You are the first person I've ever known to read The Cimmerillion right through. Huh. Well, I mean, it's been start stop and go for a while. But. It's not a compelling narrative necessarily. No, because it's so many no. small narratives yeah. put together. Yes, But as the further along I get, the more it makes sense and the more I'm enjoying it and mm. the more I want to double back and start over again. Um. So I'm almost done that. What um, a special kind of! I've definitely never heard someone say, "I'd." You know what? I'd like to. I'd like to actually return, <laughs> read to it this. again, read yeah. it again. Well, yeah. because I know I'm going. I know I'll pick up a lot more. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, there's you another surprise book. us. I, I'm going to go off script. I'm going to. I'm going to uh, talk about a book that I'm going to read. How about that? Uh, okay. Don't be brazen. Do you guys uh, read any sci-fi? Do you know who Philip K. Dick is? No, no. Sci-fi author. I've never read any of his books, but he's got one on, uh, it's a pro-life book. It's called The Pre-Persons. I don't know know if it's a short story or not, but I heard somebody describe it. It's about uh, young kids that are aware that they are still not persons yet and are still uh, possibly going to be sent to an abortuary, like, you know, like four or five years old kids. Uh, kind of playing and wondering if their parents are going to change their mind and all this. It's uh, it's it sounds like a haunting book, and I think it's like it's not that new. It's been around for a while, and so the topic came up, and I was like, that sounds kind of eerily like what's going on now. So I'm going to be reading that. That'll be one of my next reads. Yeah. Should the Lord tarry? Should the Lord tarry? Lord willing, the creek don't rise. You know. <laughs> Is that one of your folk sayings, Jer? I don't know. I heard somebody say it one time, and I liked it. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know what I'm going to leave you with today, but um, maybe as the outro's going, we'll just uh, say thanks for joining us. And uh, you going to come back next week, Ben? We can keep going on this That topic? depends on my schedule. All right. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, we'll see you next week. I'll leave you with this. The sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. 